Hallelujah. How many of that's your testimony? That all, all my life he's been faithful. You know, I look back at my life and the times when I kind of felt, you know, maybe a little down or you know, abandoned. I look back a couple years later and I realize at that time God was so close to me. He pulled me through when I thought I wasn't going to make it. And I realized that there hasn't been a time that he hasn't been faithful. Even, get this, even before I was willing to acknowledge his presence. God had his hand on my life and he looked after me. Saved me from myself. How many can say that? Amen. Many times. Because God's good. So faithful. So faithful. Father, we thank you for your goodness today. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you have reached down into time and space. And many, many times, Lord, you have reached into this environment, into this atmosphere. And you have literally snatched me from death, snatched me from darkness. Put me, Father, on a path of righteousness. Lord, you've been my deliverer, my lover, and my friend. Father, I thank you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wow, you can be seated this morning. Well, you know, I got a seven-point message that I'm probably only going to get through two of them this morning. Because if I went longer than that, I mean, I could do it. Don't get me wrong, I haven't preached for three weeks, so I mean, I could, I could stand up here and go all day and probably not miss a beat, but you all be tuned out and you'd probably be thinking about how nice it is outside or you'd be thinking about that glass of lemonade and I'd lost you. So I won't do that today. Um, so this might take me a few weeks, but um, I'm excited because today I'm going to talk to you about the kingdom principle of harvest. Everybody say harvest. 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 You know, since Easter, we've been talking about principles of the kingdom, and I spent a couple weeks kind of introducing the concept of the kingdom, and then I talked about the first principle, which was the principle of transcendence, or the principle of first things first, of how the kingdom, the Bible says in Matthew 6.33, seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness in all these things. Everybody say all. All these things will be added unto you as well. That's the principle of transcendence, the first principle of the kingdom. Seek it first, put it before all things, and then God is able to give you all things. Amen? And so uh, we talked about that. We talked about the principle of freedom. Spent a couple weeks there. That the kingdom is a kingdom that is a free kingdom. Amen? The Bible says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, no longer go out and make yourself a, or yoke yourself to sin, but live as free men and women. Amen? And so we talked about how freedom, though, is the result of the marriage between two things, choice and responsibility. Our world only wants to view freedom as choice. Everybody wants choice. They want to be able to do what they want to do. They want to be able to, to say what they want to say. They want to do all of these things without consequence, and that's not the way life works. The Bible talks about a freedom that we have, that we can choose, but we also have to recognize that with choice comes responsibility. That every choice I make affects other people. Amen? That none of us lives as an island unto ourselves, and so we must marry choice and responsibility in any society in order to truly have freedom, and the kingdom of God is built on those two things. Then for the next couple of weeks while I was away, Pastor Mark talked about the kingdom principle of service-based power or service-based authority. In other words, Jesus said, if any of you wants to be great, let him first be what? The least and serve to pick people up, put them on our shoulders and carry them. That's how we gain authority. That's how we gain power. That's how we gain the opportunity to speak and to shift our culture is by serving it and placing it upon our shoulders. It doesn't mean we have to become its slave. It doesn't mean that they get to abuse you, walk on you, trample you. But it means that you are able to gain access to every aspect of society when you come in as a server, as somebody who's willing to lay your life down and help those that are around us. And I'm sure Mark gave you lots of examples of that, talk about that. 
Well, today I want to talk about the next principle, which is the principle of the harvest. And as I said, this might take me a few weeks. I'm not going to get through it today because it's going to, well, it's just a, a huge topic. It is a huge topic. And the, the principle of the harvest is expressed all the time in language that we use every day. Things that we say like seed time and harvest, right? We talk about phrases like that or, uh, you know, reaping uh, and sowing or sowing and reaping. That The Bible talks about these things all the time. Whatsoever a man uh, sows, that shall he also reap. Amen. And so the scripture is filled with analogies of harvest and, 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 and of uh, reaping harvest, bringing in harvest and all the rest of it. And here's the thing. We seem to have no problem believing in the principle of harvest when it comes to corn. Right? Like we recognize we put corn in the ground. Right? Right? Like the natives have been doing in this land long before the white guy ever got here putting corn in the ground, knew that if they put corn in the ground, they would get what out of the ground? Corn. corn. Isn't that crazy? That's just nutty, right? That's just how it works, right? And we know that if we put wheat in the ground, what are we going to get? And in fact, we expect to get the harvest, right? We, we, if we don't get the harvest, we're like, what, what's wrong? What, what do we do wrong? Right? We anticipate harvest. But then when it comes to spiritual things, all of a sudden, that spirit of expectation just goes right out the window. Be amazed how many Christians I, I meet and I run into that don't place any expectation upon what they've sown. Right? Well, I'm here to tell you today that the kingdom is built on the principle of the harvest. That if you sow, you will also reap. And this goes for every kind of action that you can think of. Now, we immediately, our minds go to money, right? Everybody goes to money. Well, that means if I sow $10, I'm going to get $100, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it does apply to money, but it applies to everything. If you sow kindness, guess what you're going to get? Right. You sow blessing, guess what you're going to get? You sow grace, guess what you'll get? Amen. Are you starting to see something here? This is the principle of the harvest. And uh, it's, it's such a profound principle that it's referred to as a law, right? The law of the harvest. Don't, and not to be confused with Mosaic law, right? But because it, it predates Mosaic law. This is what we call Genesis 1 and 2 law. Right? That, that everything goes forth and produces after its kind. That, that the idea that, that life is meant to be the byproduct of the investment of sowing is so obvious everywhere in the world that it's called a law. The law of the harvest. And that law is a spiritual law that applies to the kingdom of God. So church, guess what time it is? Harvest time. It's harvest time. And I don't say this because I had some special revelation. The Bible says, look, take a look. Look around you. The fields are white unto harvest. And God says, all I'm looking for, all I want you to pray is that there be some harvesters, some people willing to go out and reap the harvest. All right? He doesn't say you have to pray for there to be a harvest. There is a harvest. Why? Because the seed of the, the incorruptible seed of Christ has been deposited into the earth and there is a harvest on that in Jesus' name. Amen? And he said, are there any harvesters around? Are there any people around that are willing to pull in that harvest? Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We will go rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. It's not just a beautiful old hymn. Some of the younger people are going, where in the world did you dig that up? <laughs> Thank you, Tom. You know, but that hymn is talking about something. It's talking about the harvest, amen? And the fact that God expects us to get in there and bring in the harvest. Now, this law, which God has put in place, it knows no recession. Hello? It knows no respecter of persons. God's going to bring in a harvest through anybody who's willing to go out and reap it. Hello? 
Because it's a natural law and principle of the kingdom. Nowhere in scripture is the law better summed up than in these words. Luke 6, 38, Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use or the measure you sow, it will be measured to you. So in the faith, in the, the measure that you invest, that you sow, that you give, that you love, that you uh, show mercy, you show kindness, then it will be measured back to you. God has promised there will be a harvest on it. Now, I think that the, the principle of the harvest, which is prolific through scripture, can be broke down into seven separate laws that I'm going to talk about. And I'll do a couple of them today. Just a couple. Everybody say, just a couple. Pastor's just going to do a couple. And uh, probably t- won't take him any more than 15, 20 minutes. Tori's like, you're excited? That, that's faith, right? Yeah, she's like, I-, I don't believe that. I think, you know, the pastor lying in the pulpit, that's just a terrible thing. I mean, <laughs> give me grace, Tori, okay? G- give me grace. Come on, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. Now, before I go any further, I have to do a poll. All right. So for the first time in my life, I went away on holidays and, and left my razor at home. So, yeah, it's true. So, so I do straw poll, okay, straw poll. Uh, lose it or keep it? Huh? Raise your hand if you say keep it. Woo, that's pretty good. Chuck's got two hands up back there. That's not bad. Now how many people say lose it? Let me see your lose it. How many people just don't care? All right, well, there we go. Well, the, I'll, I'll go another few weeks because the keep it's out, outweighed the lose it. So you online didn't get a chance to vote. I'm so sorry. Uh, and you probably have to see it more clearly than anybody else because the camera's like, like there. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, decided I wasn't going to shave. And my wife said, ah, I'll leave it till September and see what happens. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Leave it till the leaves win. It'll be down to the floor. It'll be, I'll be able to sweep the carpet with it. You know, it'll be like, <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, Father, we just ask today that you'd help us with this incredibly important principle of the kingdom, the principle of harvest. Lord, we ask today that you would open our understanding that, Lord, we would recognize how scriptural this principle is and how you have literally peppered it throughout the entire spectrum of life. That, Father, there is seed time and harvest. There is, Father, uh, begetting after our own kind. There are so many ways in which you've expressed this wonderful principle because, Lord, the kingdom is the kingdom of life. And Father, we ask, Lord, for your help today as we search your scriptures and we look to understand the principle of the harvest that, God, you would literally confirm for us uh, what you want to do in and through us to bring in the harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, everybody take your pens and say, law number one of the harvest. Law number one. Are you ready? It is we reap only what has been sown. Okay, so write that down. We reap only what has been sown. Now, I know you're going to want to argue this point right off the bat. You're going to say, no, 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 that's not true. I know lots of people that have reaped stuff they didn't sow. You know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I've reaped all kinds of blessings that I never sowed. But somebody sowed so that I could reap. So let me repeat the principle again. We reap only what has been sown. Amen? Now, you have to think about this. All life on the planet is what they call antecedent life. All right? That means a thing or an event which logically precedes another. So in other words, all life, this is a principle in, in, in science, it's a principle in science that all life comes from life. Right? All life comes from life. So in other words, what we reap was planted by somebody else. Uh, You know, if we have children and children's children and children's children, it's because there was a mom and a dad that got together in the first place and had the children and the children's children. And life comes from life, right? This is called the law of biogenesis. If you were a 
A scientist, that's what they call it, that all, all life comes from life. All right? And one of the biggest obstacles in evolutionary theory is the law of biogenesis, that all life comes from life. That they can't get a Petri dish and fill it with the right kind of chemical juice and zap it with power and all of a sudden life comes forth. It doesn't work like that. From an amoeba to a human being, life comes from life. There's no working around it. That is called the law of biogenesis. And everything that we see around us has been come forth from life. Either, and it's been planted, it's been sown, it's been invested by someone, either by God in the beginning or by you in, out in your farmer's field or in your gardens at home, life comes from life. We, we were given, or my wife was given for her uh, 60th, uh, a planter, a beautiful planter by uh, our son. And he, yeah, and the grandkids. And it, and it says Nina's uh, garden on it. And it's against our house in the back. And we filled the little planter three la- low layers, three tiers, I guess you'd call them. And we filled them with dirt. We put the plastic liner in it and we, you know, put some drainage holes and, and then we threw some seeds in it for lettuce because we like lettuce. We're salad people. We like our salad. And uh, my wife makes the best salads. I don't order salads in restaurants because they are usually terrible compared to the ones my wife makes at home. So we planted all this, these seeds in here And guess what happened? We sowed, life came forth. We have more lettuce than we know what to do with. We have every kind of lettuce. My favorite, by the way, I've discovered is butter crunch. Is that what it's called? Butter crunch. It's so good. I mean, it is amazing. We grew kale too. Not as crazy about the kale, I got to admit. But the lettuce, we have every kind of lettuce growing there. And it's fantastic. And you know what? It's so good that you just... You go outside, you're, you're, you know, reading a book, sitting on your deck, and you just reach up and grab some lettuce and start chewing on it. And I kept doing that until, you know, the one day we pulled a bunch of the lettuce at once and earwigs crawled out of it. And I was like, whoa, that's a little more protein in my lettuce than I want. You know what I'm saying? But uh, the, the idea is simple, that we put seeds in there. We sowed lettuce and we got lettuce. It's crazy. It's just great. And, you know, I didn't have to go out every night and, and look at that thing and say, would you please grow? Oh, grow, 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 grow. Come on. In Jesus' name, you need to grow. I didn't have to do that. I just put the seeds in there, throw some water in there, and pfft, out came lettuce. It's out absolutely astounding. It's miraculous. It is miraculous. It is the harvest. It is the harvest. And it's a, it's a metaphor for us of the kingdom of God. God works in that same way in his kingdom. And the principle is simple. We reap only what we have sown. Now, there are all of these principles that I'm going to speak to you about have a positive side and a negative side. So on the positive side of this, the idea that we reap only what has been sown, and it's going to sound like I'm going to contradict it, but I'm not, is the fact of grace. Grace seems to be Uh, us reaping something that we didn't sow. And and it's true. God, when he gives us grace, when God looks beyond our sin and our uh, failures and he pours out his love and his affection by his grace, you're like, man, I'm receiving things from God. I didn't do anything to sow for that. Here's the beautiful thing. None of us did, but somebody did right? The Bible says, unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, it can't bring forth life. How many know that the, the incorruptible seed was Jesus and he went into the ground and when he rose victorious from the grave, his life and his investment, his seed sown produced life for every one of us. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) We were able to sow Uh, receive, I should say, and reap eternal life because Jesus sowed his life on our behalf. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. That you and I get to receive life because Jesus sowed his. Amen. How many know that the blessings we receive from grace is incredible proof of the law of the harvest? That when God sent his only son into this world, 
to die on our behalf, the law of the harvest kicked into gear and you and I received the greatest harvest there ever was. We received eternal life from Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord. Wow. Regardless of man's lack of thankfulness, God has given him the greatest gift by sowing his own son. Jesus was sown and we reap life. Hallelujah. So, another element of the positive side of we reap only what has been sown. Well, we reap blessings. Another grace aspect is that we reap blessings from what others have sown on our behalf. There's no such thing as a self-made man or woman. Do I need to say that again? No such thing. All these people who walk around, chest out, I'm a self-made man. No, you're not. There's no such thing. Every person, every success story is the byproduct of the investment of somebody's time, love, attention, labor, investment in their life. Are you hearing me? No, there's no islands out here. We're all community. We're all family. And somebody invested in you so you could be where you are today. And here's the other beautiful part of this. You're going to invest in some people, and you won't reap the harvest from that, but they will. That's how the kingdom keeps going. It's true. It's true that we only reap what has been sown, but we're reaping many times what other people have sown, and, and I'm going to sow my life and my, my uh, time and my energy and my finances so that my kids and my grandkids can reap something from me and those around me can reap from me what they didn't sow. One of the bumper stickers that drives me absolutely crazy is the one that says, spending my kids' inheritance. I don't think that's biblical. not the bible says that we're supposed to leave an inheritance for our our kids kids you know that verse in the scripture where it says the wealth of the wicked is being stored up for the righteous right do you know what that's paired with in scripture do you know what that verse is paired with you know proverbs are in pairs right you ever read them there's it'll say it's something like that and blah 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 right the and in this case the and is this that uh basically and, a, and a, a wise man or a godly man is somebody who leaves an inheritance for his children's children. It's the other half of that verse. So how is the Lord storing up the wealth of the, the, the wicked for the righteous? It's when the righteous, when the righteous leave an inheritance for their children and their children's children. And that's the kind of person that God's storing up that wealth to deposit it to is the one who will leave an inheritance for their children's children. So all these people walking around, I'm just claiming, I'm claiming all of that uh, unrighteous mammon for me in the kingdom of God. I'm just going to lay hold because the scripture says I can. And I said, well, yes, it does, but it does if your plan is to leave an inheritance for your children's children. Hello? You don't believe me, go check it out yourself in the scripture. It's one of those twin verses in Proverbs. Don't claim one without living the other. Woo, come on. Don't leave me out here all by myself. Are you hearing me? All right, come on now. Woo. Wow. John 4, 37, 38 says, Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. This is that principle. No one reaps unless someone sows. We only reap what has been sown. It's not always that you sowed it and you reap it, but somebody sowed it and we reap it. Amen? Now, the negative side of this is also true. We often reap the wrong that others have sown. The Bible says, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. In other words, we all inherited sin because of Adam and Eve and the fall in the garden, right? Our nature is tainted because of we inherited something that somebody else sowed. And we all were ones who reaped on that harvest. Are you hearing me? Uh, 
And then the beautiful thing is we reap that harvest and we pass it on to our kids. Hello? And how many know that your kids are watching you? And so when, when everything you're doing, you're sowing. You know, if you're out in the, in the garage working and, you know, fiddling around on something and you hit your finger and something comes out of your mouth that ought not to come out of your mouth and Junior hears it, you just sowed and, and you're going to reap because you're going to be standing at church someday and he's going to stub his toe and he's going to repeat what he heard you say in the garage and oh boy, you're going to be humiliated. <laughs> boys will be boys. wonder where they heard that. Dad. Are you hearing me? Man, I could go on and on about that, but whoo, it's just such a true principle. We have to guard our hearts and our lives because the reality is that everything we do in our life, we're, we're sowing. With every action, with every, as we mentioned in, you know, in the previous law of freedom, everything that you do has consequences, right? And so everything we do is, is, is an investment, is you sowing your life in one capacity or another, and, and somehow we're going to reap from that, all right? And this is part of the law of the principle of the harvest. The bottom line is that Scripture teaches us that none of us lives in a vacuum. So the decisions we make every day all bear consequences, and others will reap what we sow. truth of this law of the harvest that we reap only what has been sown causes us to reflect on what kind of a legacy we're leaving our children. I don't think the world thinks too much about this. With soaring divorce rates and, and you know, people willing to make compromising decisions with their life every day, do they ever give any thought to how this impacts their children and their children's children? If we would give more thought to that, if we would think about the eternal consequences or even the generational consequences of the decisions that we make, it might give us repose to think about what it is that we're doing. Because I don't want my children to sow, or to reap, I should say, from something negative that I have sown. Galatians chapter 6 makes this abundantly clear. It says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. You reap the same kind that you sow. Genesis chapter 1 talks about the creation story and going to verses, uh, starting verse 20 says, then God said, let the waters team uh, with swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. And God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with uh, which the water swarmed after their kind and every wing, word, winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And then he repeats that phrase, after their kind, after their kind, in the next several verses, several times. We recognize that this principle is true in the biological, that we reap after our kind, but we need to understand that it's true in the spiritual as well. Amen? That we reap after our kind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so we reap only what has been sown, and we reap in the same nature after the kind of which we've been have sown. So you reap only what has been sown, but you reap the same as in the kind as you have sown. You reap the same kind as you sown. So if you're sowing to your flesh, of your flesh you'll reap destruction. But if you sow to the spirit, what you sow in the spirit, you will reap to eternal life. Amen? Like I mentioned earlier, this, this law is summed up in the law of, bio, of biogenesis, that they recognize that, that you know, Cats from, come from cats and dogs come from dogs and, and you don't get a thoroughbred from donkeys and uh, you, don't get, you don't get watermelon from seeds of peas that you sowed in the ground. You know what I'm saying? That everything comes forth after its kind. And when science tries to mess around with this, right, the law of biogenesis, it doesn't work well. Did you know that? They've tried. 
And a couple interesting things happen is when they create, for example, crossbreeding uh, flowers is a good example. So they create this hybrid rose and then they stick it in the garden. Do you know what happens to that rose if you just let it reproduce after its own? It goes back to whatever basic form it came from. Did you know that? Go ask a botanist, they'll tell you. Sure, you can splice them together and you can get these, you know, really awesome variations or whatever, but if you just leave them alone unattended, they go back to whatever they were in the wild. And did you know that, that if you take a, a donkey and you crossbreed with a horse, what do you get? Any farmers out here? Rod, what do you get? You get a mule, right? Now, here's the beautiful thing. Uh, is a mule superior to a horse? Did you just create something better than a horse by crossbreeding with someone else? No, you don't. Now, here's the other thing that every farmer will tell you uh, that, that's amazing and uh, that the law of biogenesis reinforces that mules are sterile. You can crossbreed a horse and donkey and get yourself a mule, but two mules, you don't get nothing. Hello? Did you know they've crossbred tigers and lions? They're called ligers. Have you ever seen them? You can look them up on the internet. And they're sterile. The, the reality is that, that the law of biogenesis is kicking in here. It's saying that everything reproduces after its kind. Where do tigers come from? Tigers. Where do horses come from? Horses. I, I know this isn't rocket science, but you know what I'm saying? Hello? Now, you can mess around with the minor stuff. You can create different breeds, right? Sure, we all recognize that. But that cross in the, the, the animal kingdom, the kind, lions versus, you know, tigers or cats versus dogs doesn't work very well. Hello? Are you hearing me? Why? Because of the law of biogenesis. Now, this law of biogenesis, this law of everything reproduces after its kind, is a principle that has both positive and negative side as well. Let's look at the negative of this so, uh, first. Uh, let me see, Psalm 51.5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Uh, Psalm 58, verse 3. The wicked are estranged from the womb. Those who speak lies go astray from birth. Uh, Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. In other words, when sin was sown, when death was sown, it resulted in its same kind. That is one of the principles of reproduction, the negative side of the fact that everything produces after its kind. And if you were to go to scripture and study the life of David, he's an excellent example of this. The law was at work in his family. If you remember the story of David and Bathsheba, you recall that this was a season in his life when he coveted his neighbor's wife, he committed adultery, then he committed murder. And how many know that in David's life, he ended up receiving all of those things back, right? Hello? It's true. David coveted, coveted his neighbor's wife and his own son coveted David's kingdom. He committed adultery. David's own family was scarred by adultery throughout. He committed murder. David's own son Bathsheba died and the entire kingship was marred with bloodshed to the degree where David, there was so much bloodshed on David's hands that he was not allowed to build the temple that David, the great King David, had so much blood in his hands that God wouldn't permit him to build the temple. That fell to his son Solomon. He got to build the temple because David had too much blood in his hands. You reap after the kind of which you have sown. Now, the positive side of this principle, though, this is exciting. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8, one of Barry's favorite passages. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, 8. Listen to this. But this I say, everybody say, this I say. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap how? Bountifully. So let him, who, uh, the one who gives, uh, give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And then Barry's favorite verse. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Woo-wee! 
Hallelujah. The beautiful thing of this principle that when we sow, we reap after the same kind is that when we sow, God puts a bountiful harvest on it and we reap, we reap of that harvest. Hallelujah. Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things have become new. And as a new creation, when I sow my life, a harvest comes forth in that life that is also new. And when I, as a spiritual being, sow my life and my spirit into somebody else, and I give them what is in me, then it comes forth with a great harvest of the same kind. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Whoo! Hallelujah. Man, and since everything produces of its own kind, then God is not mocked. You know, we hear that verse in Galatians, you know, uh, God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man reaps, he also sows, and we tend to lean just toward the negative. But remember, it also says, he who sows of the Spirit will reap of the Spirit. And I think when God says he won't be mocked, it's on both sides of the coin, the negative and the positive. In other words, God won't be mocked as somebody who didn't come through. If you sow, God won't be mocked. He will bring forth a harvest on what he's sown, what you sown. If you sow in the spirit, God won't be mocked. He'll bring forth a harvest of what you've sown in the spirit. Amen? God won't be mocked as somebody who doesn't keep his word. No, he will come through on what you have sown. And you will reap. Hallelujah. I hear that verse preached all the time and almost universally it's negative. Oh, if you sow to your flesh, you're going to reap destruction. True. But if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Come on now. And God won't be mocked. Both are true. Now that I'm a spirit man, what I sow, I get to reap. Hallelujah. When I sow blessings, I get to reap blessings. When I invest in other people, I get to see that investment produce a harvest. Amen? Mm. And when we get a hold of that verse in Scripture and realize that not just the negative applies, but the positive applies as well, that God's saying, I won't be mocked. I will come through. I will be there. I will produce the harvest. I will be the one who, when you sow, says, here's something to reap. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me this morning? Woo! The law of the harvest is a law, is a law. Yes, we reap only what has been sown. And we reap, number two, after the kind of which we have sown. But the point is, we will reap. How many know I like reaping? How many like reaping? I like reaping. That's why I sow. I sow because I believe there will be a return on that seed. I may not see the return. It may not come till my children or my children's children but there will be a return on that seed. Hallelujah. And that's why the Bible says, train a child in the way they go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. So you may not see it when they're young, but guess what? You'll still see it because God will bring forth a harvest on what you've sown. See, it's all throughout the scripture. You sow and you will reap. Hallelujah. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Praise the Lord. My goal is that my kids will prosper and be in health, even as their soul prospers, to a greater measure in every area of their life than, my, than I. I'm not going around trying to keep them down. I'm trying to lift them up. Right? My kids are all in homes younger than I was. They'll all be debt-free before I was. They all live uh, with greater liberty than I had. Why? Because... That's the promise of the kingdom, that if we'll sow, we'll reap, and God will make all grace abound to you so that you overcome and you abound in all things, all things. Whew, come on now. Mm. Mm. This is the principle of the harvest. Principle number one, law number one. Law number one, you only reap. What's been sown? Whether you sowed it, God sowed it, somebody sows it, seeds put in the ground, life comes forth from it, right? Law number two is we reap in the same kind as which we've been sown. And so if we're willing to sow finances, God will put a, a blessing on that and finances will come back to us. But if we sow kindness, it'll come back to us. You sow grace, 
I'm always amazed at these people who are incredibly judgmental and critical of everybody else, but want everybody to be, treat them with kid gloves. You ever run into people like that? Doesn't that kind of amaze you? It's like, you, you don't feel like looking at them and kind of saying, walk into this, right? And then just say, listen, you can't go around saying all that kind of stuff to people and expect everybody to just go, oh, that's so nice. No, you need to look at them and say, look, here's the thing. You say that kind of stuff, there's a harvest on it. Hello? So if you can't say anything nice, my dad used to say, don't say anything at all. Wow, man, okay. <laughs> well, let me conclude. Not quite 20 minutes, Tori, but, I, but I, I'm about 30, I think. But, uh, but I'm doing okay? All right, so. <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna share a story with you, a true story, that kind of illustrates how when we invest, whether it's finances, whether it's kindness, whether it's, you know, anything that we invest, that there's a return on that and how that return can literally end up saving the world. All right. So I'm going to share one of these rest of the story. You know, Paul Harvey's rest of the story moments, greatest radio that was ever produced. This is one of those kind of stories. So this is the harvest, law of harvest in operation. So his name was Fleming, and he was a poor Scottish farmer. And one day, while he was trying to make a living for his family, out working the fields, he heard a cry from someone coming from a nearby bog. So he dropped his tools, and he ran to the bog, and he found this kid sinking in the bog, and he was already up to here, and he couldn't get out. And so the farmer went over, and he you know, was able to throw a rope to him and use the horses to pull the kid out of the bog, and he saved his life. And, uh, what, and it would have been a very sad, slow, terrifying death that he saved him from. The next day, out in front of the farmer's cottage, this carriage pulled up, and this really wealthy uh, uh, nobleman stepped out, and he introduced himself, and he said, are you the farmer that saved my boy's life? And he said, yes, I am. He said, well, I want to repay you. And the farmer said, you know, you don't have to repay me for saving your son's life. That's not necessary. That's just, you know, what somebody should do. And the farmer said, no, I really want to do something for you. And he said, well, I can't accept any payment for that. And at the same moment, the farmer's own son came up out from behind him, and the nobleman looked, and he said, is that your boy? And he said, yeah. And he goes, well, let me do this then. Let me give your son the same education that my son will get. Let me, let me, let me bless your son with the same as my son. And so the farmer agreed. And his son went to the best schools and the best universities, and the farmer's son ended up growing up and he ended up graduating from medical school in London, St. Mary's Hospital, and he went and became known as Sir Alexander Fleming, the discoverer of penicillin. Isn't that good? But you know, the story doesn't end there. Mm, come on now. He was the discoverer of penicillin. Alrighty? Now, years afterwards, right, the same nobleman's son who had been stuck in the bog, came down with pneumonia. Came down with infectious pneumonia. Guess what drug saved his life? Penicillin. Are you hearing me? And that nobleman's son, his name was Winston Churchill. And he went on to save all of England at the darkest point of their history. You see, when you invest in other people, the return on that investment is huge. And when you receive a blessing and you respond with sowing more blessing, like the nobleman did to send the farmer's son to school, you receive it back again and that your son was saved. And when that son grew up and was able to lead England in its darkest time and turn the country around at the darkest time and lead them to victory in World War II and literally see the world saved. You see how the law of harvest works in everyday life, even to the point where it saves the world. Amen? Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not saying that you're all going to go home and find somebody stuck in a mud puddle in your house and you're going to pull them out. 
and they're going to go on and invent the drug that's going to save you, your child, so they can save the world. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. But what I'm saying is that every act of kindness, every investment, everything that we do, God has said scripturally, there's a harvest on that. And so we should live as people conscious that there's a harvest on what we do. And that God has determined that that harvest will bring forth fruit. And that fruit can literally change the world. Amen? Amen. Oh. I want you to stand with your hands out like this today to the Lord. Father, today I recognize that this principle, this kingdom principle of harvest, that Father is broken down into the law of sowing and reaping. That Lord, it is it's rich and it's full. And Lord, today we just we just learned, we just scratched the service and we've learned that Lord, that that we reap only what has been sown. Whether we sowed it or the Lord sowed it or my, my dad sowed it or I sow it, we, we reap what's been sown. It's been put in the ground and there's a harvest comes forth on it. And that Lord, we also learned that we, re, we, we reap, Father, and we, when we sown in kind. And so, Father, if we've sowed, if we sow grace, we'll receive grace. If we sow goodness, we'll receive goodness. If we sow blessing, we'll receive blessing. That, Father, whatever we put in the ground will return to us, Lord, and Father, you'll put a blessing on that in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that this is law. And we thank you, Lord, that you give us so many wonderful examples throughout history of, Lord, this law being at work. It's a natural law. It's at work. And when we follow it, when we practice it, when we do it, Lord, lives are changed. People are saved. The future is redeemed. And so, Father, today in this place, we, Lord, ask that you would make us harvest-conscious people, that, Lord, we would be so conscious of the fact that, Lord, whatsoever we sow, that shall we also reap. And that, Lord, if we will sow the good things of God, that we will reap a harvest on that. And that, Father, uh, Lord, as we'll talk about in subsequent weeks, Lord, it's not just a small, meager harvest. It's a bountiful harvest. And that, Lord, we thank you today and we speak, Lord, to all the seed that we have in the ground and we call forth a harvest on it in Jesus' name. And whether we're here in person or watching online, there's a harvest coming on the seed that you've sown and we speak to it today and we declare it in Jesus' Jesus name that we will reap the harvest of what has been sown and father we thank you today in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Lord Jesus I really believe that that God is going to do a work in people's lives in the next few weeks as we really tie into the understanding of harvest and we're going to learn how God wants to produce a harvest on every seed that is sown. And that this law of life, this law of biogenesis is at operation in the church of Jesus Christ. And that if we will sow, God will bring forth life. God will bring forth life. Amen. I just feel this morning that many of us are kind of hearing this message in which, amen, it was a great message. Hallelujah, we receive it. But there's some people that you're saying, oh my God, what am I gonna do now? Because there's some harvest that I sowed into in, in my past life. And what am I gonna do now? I, 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 just, I just wanna say to you, Tammy and I pray this on a regular basis, where we missed it, that God's grace would cover it over our children. So I just, want to, I just want to lift off of all the burden and call forth the greater, oh, Amen. yeah, hallelujah. Power, Power of the word there, Rev. The couldn't, couldn't handle it. Because the camera fell over. <laughs> anyway, getting a good shot of the speaker. Um, but I just want to release grace and mercy over your lives right now. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we, we cancel every negative harvest lord god and we cry out we we decree and declare the blood of jesus christ over our lives today every area lord god that the enemy is trying to reap a harvest 
of negativity and lies and gossip and all these things. Lord God, I'm praying that you give us a grace to repent today. See, say this after me. Say, Father, I decree and declare today the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ over my sins. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. And I plead the blood of Jesus Christ against every plan, plot, and harvest of the enemy in my life. My heart is dry. Thirsty, not thirsty, not thirsty, excuse me. Dry. And has no seedbed of a harvest for the enemy. We command those harvests that we sowed even in our past life that were negative seeds. We command that harvest to dry up and die. I am set free in every way from anyone's control in Jesus' name. And I call forth, even as Pastor Kevin preached today, all of the goodness, all of the kindness, all of the blessing, all of the wealth, all of the health, and all good harvests would come to me and my legacy in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. See, the beautiful thing about grace isn't that it contradicts the law. There's still a, a bountiful harvest on sin. It's just that Jesus took it upon himself so that it doesn't fall on us. The, every sin that I ever committed, there was consequence to that sin, but Jesus took it to the cross. That's grace. That's the grace of God. And as a result of it, God's grace is that I don't end up receiving that which I deserve. Hello? That's his mercy. And then by his grace, he pours out blessings on me that I don't deserve either. Hallelujah. All because of who? Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo! Come on now. If you aren't happy today, there's something wrong with you. You just got to come up and talk with us after, and we'll preach to you again until you're happy. That's what we'll do. Because you need to realize that Jesus loves you, paid the price for you, and set you free so that you can receive all the blessings of all the seed that you drop into the ground today in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. Have an amazing week.